I've, I've uh, updated some slides, even some slides that I did last week, and just, just part of the overview, I will go over a few things. Again, we're, we're looking at the, latter, the last part of uh, the overview of the book of Ecclesiastes, and we'll begin in Ecclesiastes 6 in a moment. You know, if in, this, in this context, uh, let's see, in this context, the preacher, the writer, tells us some things about, he, he, he talks about what's going on under the sun. In other words, this, this life, this world. And he describes that if, basically, if, if all we're living for are the things of this life, it's like, it's like grasping for the wind, running after the wind. We're not, never going to really get to where we want to be. He uses the word vanity in this, uh, in this book. And this is one of the slides I updated, but uh, I wanted to highlight the word lasting. Vanity, something that is of no lasting value. I take it it's the idea of something that is transitory. Uh, it doesn't last long. You know, as we described, as, as the, the writer begins the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, the earth abides forever. A generation comes, a generation goes, but the earth abides forever. You know, we, we're just, mankind is just simply cycling through the earth over and over. And, uh, but, so our lives on this earth are transitory. Uh, they don't last I think of the passage in James, James 4, life, uh, your life is like a vapor. It appears and it vanishes. It's transitory. 1 Peter 1 verse 24, uh, talking about the people in flesh in comparison to the word of God, the word of God abides forever. But he says, all flesh is as grass. The grass withers, the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord abides forever. In this... uh, context of the book of Ecclesiastes as we'll see he, he describes how that childhood and youth are vanity well childhood and youth are not useless but they're fleeting they're transitory they, they appear for a time and then they're gone riches and wisdom can be good and he talks about enjoying life but everything that we see on this earth passes it passes away all is vanity it's fleeting it's transitory it's like vapor it appears and goes. Mankind, and, and as we'll see, you know, if we were to live a thousand years twice and all that mattered was this earth, that was all there was, what happens at the end of, you know, Methuselah is dead and gone. If there was nothing to this life and he's vanished, what would it matter if we lived a day or a thousand years if at the end of that you vanish and that's it? But he says... Things of this earth are of no lasting value. They're transitory. But the writer is really calling us out. He's calling mankind out to hear the message of the book of Ecclesiastes. So we want to hear the preacher's sermon, give heed to his conclusion. And I'll be cycling through a a few slides in order to get to uh, chapter 6. And there's a few things that I wanted to hopefully see to bring out. At the end of this slide... You know, the preacher's conclusion after all of his research, after all of his experimentation with life, and he had the clout to do anything he wanted to do. He had the, the, the riches, the wisdom, the power. Uh, after he had tested everything, tried everything, he says in Ecclesiastes 12, fear God and keep his commandments. So I, I believe the point of the book of Ecclesiastes is that we should live in view of the Lord. 
Make every decision in light of the judgment that's coming. You know, we're, we're walking through life. It, our life is like a vapor. It's transitory. It's not going to last. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I get a job or I get married or I get this car or, or whatever I do. But I need to realize that it, it's not going to last. And uh, I need to make every decision. The job that I get, is it, am I going to be doing what is right? Am I going to be able to abide by the will of God with this job? If not, what am I doing taking that job? If I marry this person or I uh, put, a, put this person away, you know, is that in line with the word of God? So every decision that we do in life needs to be in view of the coming judgment. Acts 17 verse 30. He's appointed a day in which he'll judge the world in righteousness. He gave assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. God's going to judge us. We're going to rise. We're going to be judged. Is, are, are our lives in harmony with his will? You know, you can enjoy life. Uh, a number of times in this, in this book he'll say, basically, enjoy life. But we need to do it God's way. We need to understand that God's going to judge us for what we've done. So we need to live life to that end. We're going to be judged you know, is this job, is this marriage, is this enjoyment that I'm doing, is this pursuit, is this whatever I'm doing, am I placing too much emphasis on this world? Is that all that matters to me? Am I doing it according to his will? I need to live life in view of the judgment that's coming. God encourages us to enjoy life, enjoy the good of our labor. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I've got a number of passages showing that from the book of Ecclesiastes on the screen. But we need to trust God. And again, we need to live in view of the judgment. Okay, I think I can uh, skip on ahead to uh, chapter 6. Oh, on the, at the end of this slide. You know, if our aims are simply to make this earthly life a better place, environmentally, socially, political, politically, whatever, you know, a generation comes, a generation goes, the earth abides forever, but the earth's going to end. Second Peter 3, it's going to burn up. If all I'm doing is to make this, if my bent, if my drive is to just make this life better, and I'm not thinking about eternity, you know, what have I really accomplished? We need to rather do things of eternal significance. Okay, in chapter 6, in this section, uh, chapter 6 through 8, the writer describes how that this life is vanity. We want to have the proper perspective on things of this life. And he talks about it in, a, in one of the upcoming chapters we'll read. Some things are better than others in this life. And there, there's nothing wrong with Wisdom. There's nothing wrong with riches. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. But it needs to all be done with a view toward God. Fearing God. Keeping Him in mind. Living in view of the judgment. There is an evil which I've seen under the sun. It's prevalent among men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor so that his soul lacks nothing of all he desires. But God has not empowered him to eat from them. For a foreigner enjoys them. This is vanity and a sore affliction. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, however many they be, 
but his soul is not satisfied with good things and he does not even have a proper burial, I say better is the miscarriage than he. For it comes in futility and it goes in obscurity and its name is covered in obscurity. It never sees the sun and it never knows anything. It is better off than he. Even if the other man lives a thousand years twice and does not, even, does not enjoy good things, do not all go to one place. You know, if you live a day or a thousand years or two thousand years and then it ends and it's blank, it's nothing, what does it accomplish? What good is it? All man's labor is for his mouth and yet the appetite is not satisfied. You know, you, uh, uh, you write your list for what you need at the grocery store. You go get it. Bring it home, you cook it, you eat it, then what do you got to do? Make another list, go to the store, get some more, eat it. <laughs> it's over. Your, your mouth is never satisfied. In other words, nothing that we do on this earth is of lasting value as far as this earth is concerned. All man, uh, for what advantage does the wise man have over the fool? What advantage does the poor man have knowing how to walk before the living? What the eyes see is better than what the soul desires. This too is futility and a striving after wind. Whatever exists has already been named. It's known what man is, for he cannot dispute with him who is stronger than he is. For there are many words which increase futility. What then is the advantage to a man? For who knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few years of his futile life? He will spend them like a shadow. Life is like a vapor like a flower that fades who can tell a man what will be after him under the sun again we don't know what's coming around the bend remember the book of job job didn't know what was going on behind the scenes we don't know what's going on behind the scenes you know some may have long life and riches yet their lives are not filled with good verses two and three it's vanity and evil under the sun if one were to live a thousand years twice and saw no good he'd go to the same place as everyone else verse six all our labors for our mouth, but our appetites never fill. Verse, verse 7, one time, a long time ago, when I was working at Revco, I was mopping, you know, and a customer came in and said, it's just going to get dirty again. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it is with anything on this life. Uh, it's just an endless cycle. You know, we don't know what's coming. We have to put our trust in God, walk by faith. Here in verse, chapter 6, verse 12, who can tell a man what shall be? We don't know what's coming. Okay, so in chapter 7, a good name is rather to be chosen than good ointment, but the day of one's death and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting because that is the end of every man and the living takes it to heart. I'm going to be there in that casket one day. Sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of a fool is in the house of pleasure. It's better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorn bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. Fools are making fun of you for serving the Lord, so like crackling of thorns under a pot. For oppression makes a wise man mad, and a bribe corrupts the heart. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. We'll talk about those verses in a moment. Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? It's not from wisdom that you ask about this. Wisdom along with an inheritance is good. And, 
an advantage to those who see the sun. For wisdom is protection, just as money is protection. So there's nothing wrong with wisdom. There's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. There's nothing wrong with enjoying life. We can, we can do that and should do that and use these things on this earth to the good in view of eternity. But the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of its possessors. Consider the work of God. For who's able to straighten that which he has bent? In the day of prosperity, be happy. But in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other. So that, and we'll talk just a bit about that. So that man may not discover anything that will be after him. <laughs> you can't know the work of God, what he's doing and what will come. I have seen everything during my lifetime of futility. There's a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness. And there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. Do not be excessively righteous. and Do not be overly wise. Why should you ruin yourself? Do not be excessively wicked and do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp one thing and not let go, also not let go of the other. For the one who fears God comes forth with both of them. So uh, interspersed among these passages we're looking at uh, is the, the phrases every now and then. Fear God and, and doing these things as you're, as you're living. Indeed, there's not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Also, do not take seriously all words which are spoken, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. I tested all this with wisdom, and I said, I'll be wise, but it was far from me. <laughs> what has been is remote and exceeding mysterious. Who can discover it? Here's a wise man. I take it if Solomon, given wisdom by God, and he couldn't figure everything out. You think you're going to? I directed my mind to know, to investigate, and to seek wisdom and an explanation to know the evil of folly and the foolishness of madness. And I discovered more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains. For one who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured by her. Behold, I've discovered this, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find an explanation which I am still seeking, but have not found. <laughs> I have found one man among a thousand, but I have not found a woman among all these. Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. Some things are better than others. We see in this chapter, in the first ten verses, a good name, better than precious ointment, better to be honorable, than to simply look good and smell good. The day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. <clears throat> you know, the Apostle Paul spoke about departing and being with the Lord. Being, uh, you know, he, he longed to do that. <clears throat> Revelation 14, verse 13. Blessed are those who, what? Die in the Lord. Better is the day of one's death. If you're in the Lord, if you're wanting to be with Christ, better is the day of your death than the day of your birth. <clears throat> the house, better is to be... Better it is to be, go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. Because those who go to the house of mourning will lay it to their heart that they too will die. Hebrews 9 verse 27, we're all going to die. And so we need to be reminded of that fact. Why? To live in view of the judgment that's coming. God gave assurance to all men that he raised Jesus from the dead. We're going to be raised and then what? We're going to face God in judgment. 
So when we go to that house of mourning, we lay it to our heart. I'm going to die. I'm going to be in that casket. Am I living the job that I take, the person I marry, the pleasure I pursue? Am I living in view of eternity or am I just doing things that don't matter to eternity? Sorrow is better than laughter, certainly sorrow such as for sin. In 2 Corinthians 7, you know, he, 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 there he t- tells us about <clears throat> sorrowing for sin. So sorrow is better than laughter. The end of something is better than the beginning. <clears throat> Successfully completing a job rather than simply not, uh, uh, not starting it. And I think maybe I had some uh, comments... Uh, no. better is the patient than the proud in James chapter 4 in James 4 verses 13 to 16 James said you know what are you going to do you're going to go into a city a certain city buy and sell and get gain don't be basically don't boast about it don't be proud about it and say I'm going to do that rather what say if the Lord wills I'll do this or that I'm living in view of eternity not boasting that I'm going to do this or that <clears throat> a lot of examples we could mention but I, I think probably uh, Carol Sutton you know as he was uh, going through that intersection as I, as I recall as I understand that the situation going through that intersection he didn't he wasn't expecting that to be t-boned by that car and to his life to pass at that moment uh, you know I will do this or that really you know that you know that you're not going to kill over with a heart attack. You know that uh, some disease is not just around the corner. You know, no, we don't need to be proud, but we need to, if, if the Lord will, I'll do this. If the Lord will, I'll do that. Live in view of the Lord. Live in view of eternity. Some things are good, like an inheritance with wisdom. Again, wisdom's not bad. Money's not bad. Enjoyment's not bad. Doing it without God is bad. We don't know what's coming. We have to put our trust in God, live by faith. Chapter 7, verse 14, to the end that man man should find nothing after him. I've got just a a number of times uh, I'll find several passages that have the same kind of thought in it. So I'm just listing them along with the current point. But there are other passages that show this same thing. We don't know what's coming. We don't know what's around the corner. So we've got to put our trust in God and we've got to live by faith. We've got to live... in view of the conclusion of the book, live in view of eternity. God's made the one as well as the other. Um, let, me, let me look at that. 7 verse 14. I, I forgot the words of that passage that I wanted to bring out. In the day of prosperity, be happy. In the day of adversity, consider God's made the one as well as the other. Adversity, day of happiness, God made the one as well as the other. You know, it, it's... I'm thankful, I know I haven't done, certainly haven't done the kind of job that I wanted to do, and I know that there are teachers who would have done a far better job at Job and Psalms and Ecclesiastes than I, but in the small amount of time that I've seen these books, you know, I think about the things that are written in Job, written in Psalms, written in Ecclesiastes, and I don't know but what the writers of those books could have given any atheist to run for his money when it comes to the, their eloquence in talking about the existence of injustice and suffering and death in this world. But you know what they didn't come away with? The conclusion they didn't come away with? 
They didn't, it, I doubt that it even occurred to them, at least from the text. Oh, there's no God. <laughs> the, the existence of injustice, suffering, and death. Oh, well, see, there's no God. Really? Those writers probably stated, talked about in, the injustice of this world, the suffering in this world, the death in, death in this world, more eloquently maybe than any atheist can but they didn't believe that that had anything at all to do with the existence of God. In fact, they still cried out to God to remember them and to help. Does, it, does, the, does suffering show that there is no God? Quite the contrary. It does not. And some things are bad, such as an evil woman in verse 26. Okay, in chapter 8. Who is like the wise man and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom illumines him and causes his stern face to beam. I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases, the king. <clears throat> Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? <laughs> king, what are you doing? He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble. And uh, we can think of it, Romans 13 in these, these few verses, right? For a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight when a man's trouble is heavy upon him. If no one knows what will happen, who can tell him when it will happen? <laughs> for no man has authority to, re to restrain the wind with the wind or authority over the day of death. And there is no discharge in the time of war in, in that time. And evil will not deliver those who practice it. All this have I seen and applied my mind to every deed that has been done under the sun wherein a man has exercised authority over another to his hurt. So then I have seen the wicked. You know, the, the writer is talking about things he's seen, he's experienced, that he's done, he's tested. To every deed that has been done under the sun, wherein a man has exercised authority over another man to his hurt. So then I have seen the wicked buried, those who, have, who used to go in and out from the holy place, and they are soon forgotten in the city where they did thus. This too is futility. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be delayed. It's going to, it may not happen, so I'm just going to do what I want to do. Although a sinner does evil a hundred times and may lengthen his life, still I know that it will be well for those who fear God, who fear him openly. But it will not be well for the evil man, and he will not lengthen his days like a shadow because he does not fear God. Again, the, the, the emphasis is on doing everything we do in view of eternity, in view of God, living for God. There is futility which is done on the earth. That is, there are righteous men to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. You know, the righteous suffer. On the other hand, there are evil men to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. They're okay. I say this too is futility. So, if so the, the writer recognizes that good happens to evil people, bad happens to good people. So I commended pleasure. For there is nothing good for a man under the sun except to eat and to drink and to be merry. And this will stand by him in, the, in his toils throughout the days of his life, which God has given him under the sun. God gives us life. God gives us the things that we have. Be thankful and enjoy them. When I gave my heart to know wisdom and to see the task which is done on, on the earth, even though one should never sleep day or night, <laughs> I saw every work of God. I concluded that man cannot discover the work which has been done under the sun. 
the, the wisdom, if this is Solomon, the, the wisest man, he can't figure it all out. Even though man should seek laboriously, he will not discover. Though the wise man should say, I know, he can't discover. <clears throat> Do I, am I anything compared to a man like Solomon? No, I'm not. He couldn't figure it out. Listen to the king. That's what God wants us to do. Romans 13, the first few verses. The first few verses of chapter 8. He's saying, listen to the king. That's what we need to do also. Romans 13. The powers that be are ordained of God. Listen to the king. No one has authority over the day of death. In verse 8. You know, someone once sung, all your money won another minute by. You know, if if you could liquidate you're about to die and you could liquidate your, your, your worth. I, I just need 60 more seconds. You can't do it. Again, you know, you know, we've probably, many of us have probably seen someone die. They don't have any authority over the day of their death. They have no authority. We have no authority over our, the day of our death. No matter what, it'd be well for them that fear God, verse 12. Remember, no one's going to get out the final judgment. God gave assurance to all men that he raised Jesus. We're going to be raised. We're going to face God in judgment. What about it? Romans 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. We're not going to get out of judgment. Enjoy the good of your labor, verse 15. Many other verses, chapter 2, 3, and 5. Many other verses show, enjoy, God's given it to you. God's given it to you. And, I, and I've had headings over the sections of the chapters, and I guess I forgot to uh, maybe mention some of the headings, some of the, the sections in our outline. <clears throat> but in this next section, chapters 8 through 10, you know, we're looking at how that life is full of inequity and death comes to all. And I believe we are, let's see, oh, we're ready for chapter 9. <clears throat> Oh, let's see here. Man cannot know the work of God. Uh, we're not going to be able to answer the questions of life. Chapter 9. <clears throat> For I've taken this all to my heart and, and explain it that righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. Do you know what's coming around the corner? <laughs> whether it's love or hatred. Solomon, the writer says, that's the way this life is. It's the way it's always going to be until the earth burns up. This is the way it is. It's an endless cycle of things. And if this is all that there is and we vanish into nothing, how terrible that is, wouldn't it be? It's the same for all. There's one fate for the righteous, one for the wicked, for the good, for the clean, for the unclean, for the man who offers a sacrifice, and for the one who does not offer a sacrifice. As for the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swearer is, so is the one who's afraid to swear. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that there is one fate for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. Is this all there is? For whoever is joined with the living, there's hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. A guy that's lived a thousand years, he's dead. You're still alive. That's good. For the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor have any 
longer a reward for their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, their zeal have already perished and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. They're not coming back. No reincarnation. uh, Go then, eat your bread in happiness, drink your wine with a chillful heart for God has already approved your works. Enjoy life. Let your clothes be white all the time. Let not oil be lacking on your, in your, on your head. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given you. He has given you. He has given you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, verily, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or wisdom in Sheol where you're going. I again saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the warriors, neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. Moreover, man does not know his time. Like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. All this I came to see as wisdom under the sun, and it impressed me. There was a small city with a few men in it, and a great king came to it, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength. I mean, he delivered the city. Wisdom is better than strength. But the wisdom of the poor man is despised and his words are not heeded. They forgot him. The words of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. But one sinner destroys much good. Get wisdom. Use your money wisely. Enjoy yourself. God will bring us into judgment. Remember that. One event happens to all, verses 1 through 6. Death's going to happen. The dead know nothing, not as the watchtower thinks. But he's describing in this context, as we've seen, things done under the sun on this earth. They're gone, they're dead. They don't know what's going on on this earth. They don't see us, they don't know, they don't don't know what's happening. They have no, no more a part of things done under the sun. They're not coming back. Verse 6, but enjoy the fruit of your labor here on earth. Verses 7 through 10, many other verses. Do what your hand finds to do with your might. Verse 10, in Proverbs 14, verse 23, he said there's profit in all labor, but the talk of the lips tends only to penury. (laughs) You know, just talking about stuff, that's not going to get you anywhere. Just do it, do it. One time someone said, uh, you know, after all said and done, there's more said than done. (laughs) So labor is good. The talk of the lips tends only to penury. Chapter 7, back in chapter 7, verse 8, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. You start something, well, did you, you going to finish it? Did you finish it? (laughs) Do what your hand finds to do with your might. Finish it, complete it. And with labor, there's profit. Don't just talk about it, do it. The end is better than the beginning. Time and chance happen to all. Verse 11. A poor wise man delivered a city. He's forgotten. Verse 13. Wisdom is better than strength. The words of the wise are heard in the quiet. So 
again, I keep saying this, I know, but there's nothing wrong with wisdom, gaining wisdom, nothing wrong with money in itself, nothing wrong with enjoying your life. But are you, gonna, are you thinking about God as you're having those things and doing those things and being thankful for what you have, enjoying the things that you have in view of God, doing what, your job, your pleasures, or whatever it might be, doing it within the parameters of God's will? <clears throat> are you doing that? Chapter 10. Dead flies make a perfumer's oil stink. So a little foolishness is weightier than wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart directs him towards the right, but the foolish man's heart towards the left. Even when the fool walks among the road, his sense is lacking, and he demonstrates to everyone that he's a fool. If the ruler's temper rises against you, do not abandon your position, because composure allays great offenses. There is an evil that I've seen under the sun, like an error which goes forth from the ruler. Folly is set in many exalted places, while rich men sit in humble places. <laughs> I have seen slaves riding on horses and princes walking like slaves on the land. He who digs a pit may fall into it, and a serpent may bite him who breaks through a wall. <clears throat> you know, watch what you're doing. <laughs> you, you dig a pit for someone to fall in, watch it. You may fall in it. You're going to break through. You may be bitten. He who quarries stones may be hurt by them. He who splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exhort more, more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. There's nothing wrong with understanding and knowledge and wisdom in a project. Knowing that you need, hey, I, I really need to sharpen that blade. I'll, I'll get through a lot quicker. So he's not, he's not condemning wisdom and riches and pleasure just without God he would be if the serpent bites before being charmed there's no profit but for the charmer words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious while the lips of a fool consume him the beginning of his talking is folly and the end of it wicked madness yet the fool multiplies words no man knows what will happen and who can tell him what will come after him the toil of a fool so wearies him that he does not even know to go into go to a city Woe to you, O land, whose king is a lad, and whose princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, whose king is of nobility, and whose princes eat at the appropriate time for strength and not for drunkenness. Through indolence the rafters sag, and through slackness the house leaks. Men prepare a meal for enjoyment, and wine makes the life merry, and money is the answer to everything. Furthermore, in your bedchamber, do not curse the king. And in your, watch your words. And in your sleeping rooms, do not curse a rich man, for the bird of the heavens will carry the sound, and the winged creature will make the matter known. <clears throat> Wisdom's better than foolishness. In our heart, verse 2, in our temperament and in our composure before a ruler, for example, verse 4. Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath. James 1, 19, be slow to speak. Have, have composure in your, in your words. Wisdom in our heart in our temperament, in our work, verses 10 and verse 18, in our speech, verses 12 through 20, <clears throat> Colossians 4, 6, uh, and the, the passage escapes me, but let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, speak words of grace. You know, use word, your words wisely. <clears throat> in chapters 11 and 12, do good, enjoy life, but prepare for death. Chapter 11, <clears throat> cast your bread on the 
surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Divide your portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. If the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth. And whether a tree falls toward the south or toward the north, whithersoever the tree falls, there it lies. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. <laughs> Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. You don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So you're, or what's going to come. So, so do nothing. No. Sow your seed in the morning. Do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed, or whether both of them alike will do good. But just do what your hand finds to do with your might. You don't know what's coming, but do what you know to do. The light is pleasant, and it's good for the eyes to see the sun. Indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many, everything that is to come. It will be futility. Rejoice, young man, during your childhood. Let your heart be pleasant. Follow the impulses of your heart. Yet know that God will bring you into judgment for all these things. So remove vexation from your heart. Put away pain from your body. Because childhood and the prime of life are fleeting. You know, and that's what we're talking about. Vanity earlier. It's fleeting. It's uh, temporary. Do good with what you have. Matthew 25, the judgment. You did it unto the least of these, my brethren. You've done it unto me. Do good to others, verse 1. Trust God. Do do the things that you need to do. Sow your seed. Uh, Enjoy life. Chapter 12. Let's see if we can get through with this. Remember, he paints a picturesque view of, uh, of the frailty of human life. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come, the years draw nigh, and you'll say, I have no delight in them. We're aging, we're dying. Before the sun, the light, and the moon and the stars are darkened, the clouds return after the rain, and the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they're few, and those who look through windows grow dim. Just talking about the, the, the things of our life, our eyes dimming, our, our teeth falling out, and just, you know, we're, we're wearing down, we're, we're going down, we're about to die. The doors of the street are shut and the sound of the grinding mill is low. Our ears are going, our hearing. One will arise at the sound of a bird. All the daughters of song will sing softly. Uh, Men are afraid. Verse 6, remember him before the silver cord is broken. The golden bowl is crushed. Remember him. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was. The spirit to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. And I'm, I'm sorry, I skipped some of that because we're running out of time. But prepare for death. And it shows us this allegory. Just go back and look at that sometime and just think about the, the picture he's drawing of, of the aging process and the, the man's uh, physical uh, abilities going down to nothing, to, to die. But teach the words of truth, verses 8 through 12. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and see if we can finish the... Let's just... I, I don't know how many seconds we've got, but in verse 13, the conclusion, when all has been heard... Fear God, keep his commandments, for this applies to every person. Are you a person? <laughs> it applies to you. Because God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or whether it's evil. Again, the books of Job, Psalms, and Ecclesiastes, they cover the topics of injustice, suffering, and death. Those books don't question the existence of God. 
You know, we're not going to find the perfect answer to every question. God's full agenda is not known to us, but he does reveal to us what we need to know. So let's search and know and find out and believe what God has said and live, as we see in these last couple of verses, in view of eternity, in view of the judgment. The person you marry, the person you, you think you're going to get rid of, <laughs> the job you take, the pleasure you do, live in view of eternity.